Welcome to the Riot Podcast, where we have practical discussions on how to share your faith, see the news from God's eyes, and answer some of faith's hardest questions. Welcome to the Riot Podcast. This is Bob Shoneman alongside my good friend, Mac Daddy Pete Robertson. Oh my gosh. You're my good friend. You, I know. Yeah. I treasure our friendship, my yeah. brother. Yeah, it's exciting that we get to do this every week. Every week. It's yeah. exciting. Well, lots of stuff Ooh. going on this week. Oh we my got gosh. some. This is exciting. We've been talking about this for a few weeks now. Yeah. There's a new movie coming out this week. Right. That I feel like it's going to bring you back to your childhood, I think. It is a little bit. Yeah. I mean, it's called The Jesus Revolution. The Jesus Res- yeah. Resolution? Revolution. Revolution? Yeah. Could be Revolution. It's Revolution. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's about... the Kelsey re- Grammer's in it. Yes. One of my favorite actors. Yes. He's really and then good. also Jonathan Rumi, which is... Uh, he's Lonnie Frisbee, but Jonathan Rumi's Jesus on The Chosen. On The Chosen. So he's in it. Um, and then some the two younger actors, because um, it's about a love story between um, Pastor Greg Glory and his wife, Kathy. Um, and that's kind of it. And then Kelsey Grammer plays Pastor Chuck Smith, which Pastor Chuck Smith was my pastor. So when I grew up in Southern California, um, that was our home church. And so I would every week, that's he was my pastor. And so he passed on. But in the 70s, late 60s, early 70s, um, there was a major movement of God that took place in Southern California, and it was amongst the hippies. And um, Hip, you mean like the pot smoking? Oh, yeah. So it bell was, bottom wearing. Yeah. No showering. Yeah. Those, those people. I heard stories because I wasn't there during that time, but yeah. I was there later. But I heard stories of people sharing that, man, Chuck would be teaching the Bible and people literally would be high at church. <laughs> and, and, you know, people would be dropping acid or, you know, it's high on marijuana or whatever. LSD was a big one back then. But um and it was funny, but they heard the word of God. And a lot of them were like, whoa, this is so cool, man. But, <laughs> and over time, what ended up happening is that pe- these these hippies were being set free from Amen. all of that. And, and that's and, what the movie's about? And a, and a revival took place. And, and you know, it's kind of relevant is because it's so funny. Here's this movie dropping this Wednesday. So we're, this drops on Thursday, this show. So it would be yesterday. Um, so it's dropping. Go see it for one. But there's a revival happening in our nation as well. I mean, there's there's reports. I believe it's Aubrey University. I think that's is Auburn University. No, it's not Auburn. Not Auburn. Um, I forget. Osbury. Osbury. Uh, that sounds. That might be it. Yeah. And um, there's reports. I've been listening to it. You know, if anybody that uh, is on Twitter, I I tweet about it. Uh, you can find me. I think it's Pastor Pete. Pastor um, Pete. Yeah. You can find me on Twitter if you want to follow me. Um, hit, go, yeah, go ahead. Shameless plug. Shameless plug right there. Follow <laughs> Pastor Pete. And while you're at it, you might as well follow the Riot podcast too. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. On the Facebook, Twitter. Yeah. And Instagram, the Riot podcast. There you go. Or yeah. What? And subscribe to our shows, the channel. Anyway, so back to the plug. Um, so the, but there's a, there's a revival going on and I've been, I've been tweeting about it and I've been talking about it. And, um, you know, it's, it's something that I'm praying that God would, would do. And so what is a revival though? You know, what is that? And, and that's a real good question to ask, you know, and I think a lot of people are asking that. And I've heard, I've heard people say, well, it's not a real revival because of this and, or it's not a real revival, but that, but you know, it, a real revival is, is second Chronicles seven fourteen. So what does that say, Bob? Let's, let's read that. And, and let's just kind of talk about what is this revival that's happening right now? Absolutely. First of all, bless you, Christine. 
<laughs> Our executive producer's trying to sneeze quietly over there. I hope she's okay. 714, Second Chronicles. If my people who are called by my name humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. Wow, what a prayer. It is. And, and so revival is so how this all started from the reports that I've heard, okay? Uh, a young man stood up at this university and he just started repenting of his sin. And so Bible Chapel, instead of ending that day, it just continued on. And this was two weeks ago. Yeah, it just continued on. And then it just grew and grew and more and more and more kids were coming and they were just worshiping and spending time. So a uh, true revival is where there's transformation, there's a change, there's a repentance of heart. Um, they're no longer walking in the tree of knowledge of good and evil, if you want to look at it from Genesis 3 standpoint. They are now choosing to walk in the tree of life. And, and the life is a, it's a changed life. It's a righteous life. It's a holy life. Mm. And so that's how we can tell if, if revival is for real, right? So we can say, oh, is revival happening? Well, we don't know, but time will tell. Will these kids' lives be changed where they're, they're walking righteously and holy? Will they, they start making choices that are, that are to please the Lord instead of pleasing themselves? Um, will will the, the city itself be changed? Will bars close? Will you know, prostitution or anything to do with sex trade or whatever, would that stop? You know, remember what happened with Paul whenever he went into a place? He's like, he's causing an uproar where they're no longer buying our, the, you know, the goddess Diana's <laughs> idols, you know? People are changing their things. They're no longer doing these things. See, we're losing money. Well, that's revival. That's what it looks like. Mm. And so we, time will tell, but that's my heart. I'm praying for that. So, you know, here's this movie coming out talking about the revival that happened in the 70s. Yeah. I pray that there's a revival that happens again here in 2023. And it'd be um, amazing if, if the movie triggers another oh, revival. Man. You know, it's like a movie about a revival triggers another. I mean, certainly God could use that and do that. I, I don't think there's any coincidence. There's, I don't think it's a coincidence that this is taking place at the same time at the time that this is coming out. Hmm. So in, in this, you know, Kelsey Grammer was on, um, Regis and, or not Regis and Kathy or yeah, Regis and Kathy, that shows you how far <laughs> back I go. It was Kelly and Ryan now show in the morning and he was sharing this and he just started breaking down is because he's playing pastor Chuck Smith. And I'm telling you, I listen to Chuck Smith every night. So before I go to bed, I, I have a book of the Bible that I'm studying through and I go to sleep with pastor Chuck Smith on. And, um, and I can't tell you how many thousands and thousands and thousands of hours that I've listened to him where he's just opened the book of uh, book to me, uh, the word of God into me to, to bring my life or to help me with life. I'm getting all yeah, tongue tied, yeah, yeah, yeah. but that's the same thing that happened with Kelsey Grammer. And as he's trying to explain it, he goes, I can't tell you how many people have come up to me on the streets that have shared that how much Chuck Smith has impacted his life. And so here he is playing this, 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 this man's life. And I bet you it's humbling. It brought, bring me to tears too. So anyway, go see it. It's called Jesus revolution. It's out everywhere. Um, and um, yeah, can't wait to hear stories about it. It's going to be, yeah, yeah. I, I'm looking forward to it. I, there was actually, I forgot on Facebook on my, my community. Um, what are they called? Community group on Facebook. They're yeah. actually talking about, there were some people on there talking about the movie. So that that's it's just awesome. Out. It's opening up, it's opening up discussion. 
Yeah. And it's not like it's going out and it's like a Hollywood, it's a Hollywood movie. So it's going out to all the theaters. Yep. Yeah. It's not one of those fandom, fandom things where it's just one day right. or two days. This right. is like a real movie that's going out. Well, it helps. I got, I mean, the actors they've got in oh, it, yeah. it makes it a lot easier to market oh, yeah. it and stuff like that. So that's, yeah. so that's huge. That's huge. All right. Well, let's get going. All right. To talk about today. We're going to talk about being a friend of God has benefits. I love that. Wow. Yeah. I like that. There oh, are benefits a, to being a friend of God. What a great title. It is. I'm excited to get into it. Yeah. Well, let's start. Let's pray and uh, then let's right. jump into it. Right. Father, we, uh, we love you. We thank you. I, we, uh, what an honor it is to be a friend I, I, that you call us a friend is just, uh, just blows me away. Lord, uh, you are so good. I ask that you would be with our listeners today, that you would, uh, that you would speak to them, that uh, you would use Pete and I as we we go th- back into the book of John and uh, just study some more and and share what's on our hearts, Lord. That you would that you would speak through us, that you would use this podcast in in a mighty way in ways that we can't even comprehend, Lord. Um, you are so good, and uh, your word is true, and we're going to get to learn some more of that truth today. And just really looking forward to that. Mm. So I ask that you would just bless the show, bless our listeners in Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. All right, let's go. So So today we will continue our reading in John 15. We're going to cover verses 12 through 17. That's it. Six verses today, guys. And we will see a common theme that we have read over the past three chapters, which is this, that we are to love one another. Amen. When we bear fruit in our lives, one of the byproducts is that we love others as Christ first loved us. Matthew 22, 37 through 40. Um, Jesus is asked, what is the most important commandment? He shared with them the Jewish, can I say, Shema? Shema. Shema. Yeah. I got to get the accent right. Right. I got to, I mean, I got to get into my Hebrew class. Yeah. Which is a prayer said by the Jews every morning and evening that states that the Lord God is one and that we should love the Lord God with all of our heart, all of our soul, and all of our might. Then he added the second commandment, that being Jesus, that we should love our neighbor as ourselves. All the law of the prophets hang on these two commandments. So, so everything. So this is the context. So everything that the prophet Ezekiel, everything that the prophet Daniel, everything that the prophet Jeremiah, everything that the prophet Isaiah, all of the prophets, everything was always geared towards love God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind and love your neighbor as yourself. So Jesus summed up the whole Bible with those two statements. And so the Jewish people in their Shema, that's what they pray. They say it every day that we should learn just like shalom right part of the shalom aspect or like um i forgot what the um ah i was going to try to say the what the muslims say i just forgot it at the top of my head but anyways you get the point so it's a it's a big deal this is what jesus says and we're going to kind of unpack it a little bit but let's move on okay um you ready to read or no no go for it i forgot something yeah if we want to know what what the bible is all about jesus says that these two commandments are all there is to it. His disciples, like the rest of the Jewish people, are well aware of this, but they still require assistance in understanding that it stems from the vine and is produced in fruit. We cannot produce our own fruit. You might want to listen to, was it last week's show? Yep. Um, Instead, we must remain in the vine and God, and, and it is God who produces the fruit in us and through us for his purposes. Always. Jesus wants his disciples to understand that they can do nothing without him and that he has chosen them to advance God's kingdom. But 
They must remain in him to do that. Yeah. So what we're going to read is Jesus is telling them that he needs to love one another. He's like, he's a, he's a broken record. He keeps telling this over and over and over again, but he's using it in the context of, but you cannot produce this love without remaining in me hmm. to, to love one another properly. You have to remain in the vine. And by doing that, the byproduct is you'll have fruit and that fruit is filled with love. So but that's what he's talking about, but he's going to break it down even more. He's going to say, hey, listen, I'm a, we're a friend now. And so we're going to kind of get into that. All right, let's go. All so right. we're going to be in the ESV version. Yep. And here's the text. Uh, John 15, <clears throat> verse 12. This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends. If you do what I command you, no longer do I call you servants for servants for servant does me read this again. <laughs> I get tongue tied or the servant does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends for all that I have heard from my father. I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should, should abide so that whatever you ask the father in my name, he may give it to you. These things I command you so that you will love one another. And that was to verse... But so that was through 17. 17, okay. Yeah. All right. So I got a little tongue-tied there. I apologize. I did we'll that work on our reading skills. It's all right. Yeah, that's all right. So let's get started. So we see Jesus here telling his disciples that they are no longer just servants. This is beautiful. But they are his friends. Many of us have a large number of friends who are not, who are not close to us, and only a few who are in our inner circle. We also have friends who have turned on us or that have been unfaithful and betrayed us, such as Judas Iscariot to Jesus. To be honest, even our closest friends can let us down when we need them most. When Peter, James, and John should have been praying with Jesus, they went to sleep in the garden. And Peter even denied Jesus three times. Jesus is saying that the only person that will never, ever, ever let you down is him. Yeah, what an awesome thing. So he here's, again, let's put the context here. Jesus, they just had the Last Supper, and um, Judas Iscariot just, you know, betrayed him. They're now leaving the upper room. They're now walking to the Garden of Gethsemane. This is Jesus's last hours. He's going to be crucified here shortly. Um, and he's using this last time to teach the disciples. So he's really laying it on. He's He's, um, he's bringing, he's bringing the heavy load basically. Right. And, and he's using the vine. There's a, there's a vineyard right there and he's looking at the vineyard and he's, and he's sharing with them, but he's really laying on the importance of loving them, loving his friends, but also how much he loves them and that he's, they can always trust them. And so he's, he's really trying to get that in their head. Listen, I might be gone from you, but I will never leave you. And, and I want you to have the same love that I've showed you. So I'm helping you understand how to have that same love hmm. and just know that I will never stop giving that love. No matter what other people might do to you, I will not do it to you. So that's kind of the context here. But sometimes um, we put too much uh, trust in our friends and elevate some of them higher than they should be. It is true that our friendship with each other and the Lord are not perfect. Wait, it is true that our friendship with each other and with the Lord are not perfect. But when we have faith in Jesus, whose friendship is perfect, yeah. we can easily adjust our lives when our friends fail us. 
we can still love them the same way and not be hurt because we know Jesus is always there to lead and guide us. And so our faith, our love for Jesus is imperfect. Our love for our friendships is imperfect. We mess up. We fall short of the glory of God. But what Jesus is telling his disciples is my love for you is perfect. Yeah. My love for you will never change. And so I, I am worthy of, of the trust, trust me and come to me. All right. Let's talk about this word friend that yeah. Jesus is talking about. Yeah. So in the Greek, it means a friend at court. Yeah. It describes the inner circle around a king or an emperor. And John 3.29 refers to the best man at a wedding. Jesus is letting his disciples know that they are friends with the king and that they, they could be close to him and know his secrets. But he's also letting them know that they will be subject to him and have to obey his commandments. Oh, there's the catch, Pete. Yeah, it's like it's 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 like trying to understand this, you know, without and I'm glad that we're unpacking this because it is a little bit of confusion, yep. right? Because sure. when you start looking at this, so so the the word there is saying that, you know, it's like being on the inner court. We have our inner circle. So you and I would be in our inner, in each yep. other's inner circle. So I know everything about you, I know a lot about you, you know a lot about me or whatever. I trust you, you trust me. I can betray you, I can say something stupid or hurt you or so so on. But if I do that, if you're trusting in the Lord or you're surrendering to him, it's you, you'll deal with me. You'll talk to me say, wait, why did you say that? What's going on? But it's not going to hurt you. It's going to hurt your feelings because you trust the Lord. You trust the Lord with me, you know, my heart, you know, whatever. So that's kind of, you know, that aspect. So we're the inner circle. But at the same time, what Jesus is saying is not only the inner circle, but I am now your boss. And so I'm your boss. I'm your king. I'm your Lord. And so we might be really friends in the inner circle and we get along that way and then things are happening, but I'm your perfect boss. And, and I'm going to give you instructions. We might be our friends, but I'm also your boss. And yeah. so that's kind of what he's saying here. But being a friend and a servant are not mutually exclusive. Abraham is a perfect example of this. According to Second Chronicles 27, he was a friend of God and a servant of God. That's what it's saying. God desires that we have a deep friendship with him. But in order to do so, we must remain in him and obey him. So if we're not remaining in the vine, if we're not tapped in or having that relationship or constant communion with him, how could we stay friends? We can't. So there's a lot of Christians that know, have a lot of knowledge about God. We talk about this a lot on the show. They have a lot of knowledge about God, but they don't know Jesus. They don't read the word of God. They don't be quiet and still. Like when you ask them, what is God sharing or telling you today? They don't have a clue. They don't know. They're not connected. They're not true friends of God. They know about them, but they're not true friends. So if you're not true friend, you have no power. You have no fruit. That's they may what, know all about the vine, but they're not connected to the vine. They're not. Yeah. And so that's kind of what he's saying. You have to obey him. You have to be in fellowship with him. If I say, I believe, like say, for instance, let's just change the word obey. Jesus uses the word obey because that's the proper word for the context. But let's just say, Bob, we're in our inner circle and you share something with me that you asked me to do. So, hey, you know, hey, could you take me to the airport? Right. Whatever. Um, I say, yeah, for sure. I'll take you to the airport. Okay. Well then it comes around, but I didn't take you to the airport. Now that's a broke of trust. That's, that's something that messed up, right? Well, if I'm your friend, then I'm going to be in your friendship. I'm going to be, I'm going to be obedient. I'm going to, I'm going to do what you ask. I'm going to be available. I'm going to be there. Well, why is it that our relationship with Jesus is we say, yeah, God, I'm going to do that, but we ended up not doing that. Hmm. You know, we say that we're going to take him to the airport, but we don't do the airport because we don't spend time with him. We don't have that fellowship. You might say you might have lip service, but you don't have intimacy. You don't have the relationship. So that's kind of 
what's going on here, right? And um, the more we get to know him, Jesus, the more we become acquainted with his thoughts. The more that I know you, Bob, the more I know what you think. I know your foods. I know your likes and dislikes, certain yeah. things. It just comes natural. We know your, I know your ideas. I know the purposes. Same thing with Jesus. It's then that the incredible intimacy and love grows within us as a result of that. God would never stop loving us in spite of us, but we cannot know him as a friend if we don't remain in him. It's, it's, the, it's, it's, it's a different level of relationship. A friendship level is, I'm in trouble. And he's like, I go to someone to help. And, and it's that friend. It's that closest person. The friend is imperfect. Jesus is not. The friend lacks full power. Jesus lacks nothing. And so he is the best of the best of the best friend that you can possibly ever have. And he wants to know you and be known by you greater than any friend could ever do. That's so, so good. Yeah. And in fact, that relationship you're, you're talking about, it's with Jesus, it's, it's really supernatural. It, it is. It's unlike anything else, anything any of us will ever experience here on earth. Yeah. It is a relationship of deep love, both for him and for each other. The friends of the king could not compete with each other for attention or promotion. They were part of the inner circle, not to promote themselves, but to serve the king. Yeah, it's the key. I mean, it's, it's, that's what Jesus, that's the difference between our other friendships too. You know, the best friendship that we can have with our friends is a one that serves each other, right? If my whole mentality was constantly to serve you, serve you, serve you, serve you, it would be, it would be incredible, right? A relationship because you would, you would reciprocate that you would, you would naturally want to serve back. It's just a natural thing that happens. Sure but I'm tired sometimes, or I don't had, I had a bad day or I'm distracted by something at work or something that happened. And I don't naturally do that because my human flesh, but Jesus is saying that never happens with me. He does it perfectly. He always is doing that. So I can see some of the arrogant disciples getting red faced at this because <laughs> this is a clear condemnation to those who want to know who among them is the greatest. Remember, we talked yeah. about this in past podcasts. Like some of us, we convince ourselves that we are more talented than others and that as a result, Jesus must favor us more. Jesus said that we are all included in this inner circle equally as his friends and servants. And so that's the beautiful thing is that Jesus deals with me the same way that he deals with you. And, and he, it never changes. It's always amazing. And um, it's always impactful. And uh, that's it. There's no, I, I am no greater than anybody. I'm just a humble servant, just like everybody else. And we're just here to love the Lord and love others. Just like the chamois. The chamois. <laughs> All right, let's go. All right, well, I have a question for you then. Right. How is it possible that Jesus commands us to love one another, but can that command, can true love come from a command? Can it be commanded? Yeah, that's a great question. So if you know, it's impossible. Is it possible that Jesus commands us to love one another? Well, he is commanding us. So can that be real true love? I thought we had free choice. I thought we had free will, right? right. That's kind of what it's saying. But we must remember that Christian love is not simply a feeling, right? If you, it's, it's a deliberate act. It's not like, I feel like this, so I'm going to love. No, no, it's love is an act. Wait, I thought love was an emotion. It's not emotions fleeting. I mean, it could be emotion at the, the phileo love, but it's not an agape love and it's not a deep love. Yeah. A deep love is always filled with action, right? When I love my wife, I, I love her in action. 
So the evidence of our love is not in our feelings, but it's in our actions, even if it means laying down our lives for Christ and one another. You know, that Jesus gave his life for both his friends and his enemies. Remember mm-hmm. Romans 5.10 says that. But while emotions are definitely involved in how we love, it's more than that. True Christian love is an act of will and a byproduct of the fruit we produce. We can love naturally as Christ loves when we remain in him. We cannot produce fruit ourselves. Okay? It's a, there's nothing we can do. But by spending fellowship time with Jesus, okay, by, by, by our intimacy with him, what naturally comes from that is his love. And that love is manifested in our actions towards others. So I naturally want to love others because Christ first loved me. And I naturally have uh, a motivation and encouragement because of how much I'm loved by God. I too want to love others the same way. It's, it's just, it's a natural flow. Hmm. So it's not that God's saying, I command you to do that. What he's saying is because you remain in me, that, that love is natural. It's, it's just going to happen. It's, it's a matter of fact. I like how you said it was a byproduct. Yeah. I like that. That's it. So Pete, our friendship with Christ involves love and obedience, but it also involves knowledge, right? Yeah, that's good. <laughs> and Jesus let us in on his plans. He is our master, but he does not treat us as servants. He treats us as friends. If we do what he commands again, if Bob, you asked me to take you to the airport and I said, yeah, I'll do it. But then I don't show up. It's not that you're commanding me or obeying or whatever. It's just, it's a natural love that we have for each other. I naturally say, yeah, I'll do it or whatever. And so I'll adjust my schedule to make sure that that happens. That's the same thing. So he's our master, but it, we have to obey him. We have to be a part of his life. We have to listen to him because he's going to ask and he's going to share things. And everything that he asks and then shares, it's always for his glory. For you, it's to help you get to the airport. For God, it's to advance God's kingdom. It's totally different. So everything that he's doing is is completely built in. How is he blessing, elevating, helping, moving the bar so that others are blessed by it? That takes us having knowledge of his plans. If I don't know him, I don't know the knowledge. I don't know what he's going to do. I don't know what he's going to say. Just like what I said before, what is God saying? Well, I don't know. Well, the way that I'm blessed by other people is I listen to what God's telling them. That's how I have knowledge. That's how they have knowledge, right? So I know the plans. So if we have friendship with the world, we then experience enmity with God. Remember James 4, 1 through 4 Mm -hmm. says that. Lot in Sodom was not called God's friend. We, even though Lot was a saved man, 2 Peter 2, 7 says this. God told Abraham what he planned to do with Sodom and Gomorrah. Remember, he's going to bring hellfire and brimstone down on, right? Um, And then Abraham was able to intercede for Lot and his family. Remember the story says, well, what if 100 people were saved? No. What if 50 people were, right? (laughs) No. And he went all the way down. Right. This kind of friendship is supernatural with a whole lot of power and authority backed by the king of the world. Hmm. Just think about it. I mean, it's just, it's, it's. We have a relationship to communicate, to talk with, and God is listening and, and caring about us as a friend, just like he did with Abraham. Pretty cool, right? That's really cool. Yeah. You know, we've mentioned in, in earlier podcasts uh, this interesting note that in John's gospel, it was always the servants who, who knew what was going on. Yeah. Remember the servants at the wedding feast in Cana knew about the wine? Yeah. And the nobleman's servants knew when the son was healed? Why did John point this out to us? That's a great question. I mean, think about it. It's like, 
You know, it's like he makes a big point about that all the time. Well, one of the greatest privileges of being a friend of Jesus is getting to know God better and learning God's secrets ahead of other people. Servants get first dibs. Hmm. And each of us can get a close as, as close to Jesus as we want. We are his friends, and we should be near the throne hearing his words, Amen. enjoying his intimacy and obeying his commands. And so we have inside scoop. I've, always, I've told this people, if you want to be the smartest person in the room, know Jesus the most. Because what the knowledge and the wisdom that you have is not of yourself. It's of the Father. And in that moment's time of need, the Father will give you the wisdom and the things to say. And he knows everything. He's the author and finisher of our life, our faith. He's everything. And so with that comes, you know, that's the, one of the benefits of being a servant, being a, uh, being a friend and a servant. We get inside knowledge. We get the inside scoop. I mean, it's pretty cool. That's good stuff. It is. It's like, how did you know that? Well, the father told me. Well, the father told you, well, yeah, he could have told you too, if you would have. If you that's, were listening, yeah. Well, that's the other thing is, is talking about the Holy Spirit. I've, I was dealing with, and this happened to me last time I traveled to India, and I'm sure it happens to others, I just don't remember it the same. But I'm, I'm dealing with something, and God's, I'm wrestling with God, and I'm just talking with God, and I'm in a relationship, and God is speaking to me directly about the, how to deal with this issue. I ran over to India, and I'm talking to this pastor, and this pastor is telling me his story, how God's talking to him directly at that very moment. And I looked at him and says, oh my gosh, that's exactly what he's saying to me today. Now, I didn't know this pastor. I just met this pastor. Wow. And this pastor is sharing the exact same thing that God is sharing with me. That pastor got the inside scoop the same way I did. And so now we have this extra information that we're using it to advance God's kingdom. So that's kind of what happens when you're, uh, you have the benefit of being as a friend of Jesus. In the inner circle of Jesus. Look that's at it. That. In John 14, 16, Jesus reminded the men that they had this privileged position only because of his grace. They did not choose him. It was he who chose them. In John 14, 19, he said, he chose them out of the world and ordained them to do his will. So because God chooses us to do his work, does this take away our free will, Pete? I mean, I had to meditate on this for a while, right? So this is one of those, those free will questions and so forth. Well, if God is choosing me, because he said that straight up, I didn't choose you guys. I mean, you didn't choose me. I chose you. I came after you, right? So I was like, why? So God does that. So then do I really have a choice here? I mean, he's the God. I mean, what am I going to say? No to God, right? So, but the answer obviously is, is no, this is not taking away our free will. Um, as we have always said, he will not force us to be his friends. We must act in obedience in order to experience intimacy with Jesus. The world ordained means appointed in this context. It refers to the act of distinguishing someone for special service. The Lord has graciously chosen and set us apart to go into the world and to bear his fruit. He is telling his disciples that he is sending them out into the world as his personal ambassadors to tell and to witness about himself to others. Friends of Christ bear fruit and advance the kingdom of God. If we're truly a friend of God, we are a servant of God. And if we're a servant of God, we're in, 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 in ministry with God. And he is the author of our life. He is the one that gives the instructions. He is the, the creator of the universe. We're content in our heart and acknowledge that. We worship him and serve him. And then we naturally go and do his work. 
We are ambassadors. We are, we are kingdom builders. We are, we are looking for opportunities to speak life and to, and to bring life into people's life and, and to share Jesus. So is it, is it our free will? Yeah, but if I know Jesus, it's natural for me to just serve. It's, it's that love overwhelms me. You know, his, his compassion, his mercy, his grace, it's so humbling that, that it, it brings you to trembling in his presence because it's just, it's so good. It's so overwhelming that it's my free will to choose to serve him. It's like the Isaiah six, right? Verse where he's when he, just, he's yeah. undone, right? Yeah. He's like if, when you're really in the presence yeah. of an intimate relationship with the Lord, you can't help but to just be humble and, and fall to your knees. That's, that's the thing. And the, re, the people that, that argue this are the people that are not intimate with Jesus. Um, you know, you don't have that connection with the Lord. And, and you're like, well, no, God's taking away my free will. Well, you're not understanding the context. Context is you've been so changed, dramatically changed by Jesus, that you, the, the love has so overwhelmed you that there's a, it's, it's, and he's chosen you. He set you apart. He's, he's breathed life into you. He's told you that I, I want to use you. I want to pour myself into you. I want you to just be light to darkness. I want to, I want to empower you and strengthen you to do the greater things for other people to feel and experience what you're experiencing. It's a natural thing. It's not, it's supernatural. It's, it's, that's what I'm saying. It's supernatural that it's natural. And so, <laughs> That's, I mean, really, it is. You've been so changed supernaturally that you naturally are serving him. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, might have messed it up a little bit, but I think we get that. You know context. what? It, it reminds me of, let's back up a, a year. Go back to John 1. And, you know, when the first disciples of Jesus, they, when they meet him, what, what are they, the first thing they do? They run out and tell other people. They can't help it. It's like, that's just the natural response to, to meeting with Jesus is you got to, sh what's that song? You got to share the treasure that you found. Yeah. You know, that, that's, that's what's going on. All right. Um, John 15, five says the evidence that we are Jesus's disciples is that we bear fruit. We are in the kingdom building business with Jesus where there is true fruit. It remains forever. But if it is manufactured by man, done in the flesh by man's own power or my own power, then that fruit will eventually disappear. Um, where step are we on? You know, eight statement eight. Okay. We're talking about the fruit and uh, you know, how we'll know where Jesus's disciples and we'll know who Jesus's disciples are by who bears fruit. Yeah. And it's, you know, from, I always know I meet people, you know, you and I are involved in church ministry. Okay, so we're around people a lot of times, and it's and sometimes it's hard to tell if they have true fruit or not, especially if you're hanging out with them on Sundays. Like, hey, how you doing, Bob? What's going on? Da, da, da. You know, they're serving, they're helping, but it's really hard to know if they have real fruit. The way that we know that they have real fruit is when we hang out with them or not, when we're they're in their inner circle, right? When we we do a lot, and you can testify to it. You can see, oh, wait a minute, that, he was challenged this then, but he look at what how he responded, or look at what he's saying in that moment, or look at how he just spoke life or there's, there's just an evidence. There's a joy. Um, it's real. It's everlasting. Right. So for fruit, I always say contains seeds, you know, for, for, you know, seeds from more fruit. So the cycle continues. They indefinitely. Reproduce. It, it always does that. 
And so when you examine a Christian's life, you're going to see disciples of that Christian. You're going to see people that have been directly affected by their ministry. You're going to see people that's lives have been touched by their ministry. That is the reproduction of the fruit. And then you're mm-hmm. going to see in those people's lives fruit as well. And so it's like, it's a seed. So fruit has seed, right? So whatever is born of God's spirit bears the mark of eternity and will always last. Many Christians become impatient with God and try to impose their own will on the situations. They have no seeds because they are not operating in God's spirit or grace. They want to do God's will without receiving instructions from God. Their fruit has no seeds and will perish because it's done in the flesh. And this could be done with a church. This can be done in any ministry where they're doing it to try to force God's um, perfect plan in their lives. But with God, in, in when he's a part of it, and he's the one that's sharing the instructions, this fruit will always, always reproduce. So that's kind of what it's saying there. Any right. thoughts on that? No, that's, that's really good. Yeah. I, I, I just, sometimes I question myself, Pete, and I, I know it's probably the enemy trying to attack me, but I'm like, I don't see my own fruit a lot of times. And that's why I need people like you around me that see things that I don't see. Yeah, I mean, and, it's and encourage each other. And, and I, well, I think and call us out if, if we're not producing. Well, fruit. I think that's the part of the truth. I don't think we realize that we're producing fruit. I, that's the key. It's when we're walking in fellowship and in concert with the Lord and we have intimacy with the Lord, our life should naturally be a reflection of what God's doing in our life. And mm. so we're naturally just doing that. We don't realize we're touching people. We don't realize that that's happening. It's we're kind of blind to that, but the other people around you know that. So that's kind that's of what good. you were saying. That's encouraging. Yeah. Okay. All right. Awesome. Verse 16 says, whatever you ask in my name, he will give you as a friend of Christ. This is another privilege. God gives us answered prayer. Or, amen. Yeah. It, amen. That's, that's so a good. benefit. Yeah. Or, I, I was thinking the Garth Brooks song unanswered yeah. prayers. That may also be the truth. The friends of the king certainly speak to him and share their burdens and needs with him as well as the needs of their friends. Yeah, I mean, it's unanswered prayers is true because we don't have that relationship. Yeah. So it's like, um, you know, I'm, I, I can be in another room and I'm like, Bob, you know, what about if you do all this stuff or whatever? Da, 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 and you don't hear anything that I'm saying because I'm in the other room right? I'm not in your inner circle in that moment. I'm not in that, in that close connection with you. So you, you just don't hear me. Yeah. How do we expect God to hear us or answer our prayers if we're just not talking to him or spending time with him? So we have to position ourselves to be in his presence. The same thing as I have to position myself. I would have to leave that room. I would have to adjust my life. I would have to put myself in a position to actually have a conversation with you in order for that friendship to be there. Same thing with us, with God. It's, it's, it's the same thing. So friends have access to the throne of grace. This is the key to this. Okay, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And as a friend known by the king, that access comes with great responsibility and power. Let me say that again. Hmm. Having access with the king of the universe. 24-7, 365. 24-7, 365 days of year comes with great responsibility and power. As we advance God's kingdom, that's the command, Matthew 28, 19, Acts 1, 8. That's the command that God gives every believer, that we are to make disciples and we are to go into the world and share God's love and God's truth. We will face many challenges. Bob, have you ever faced many challenges? Yes. Many challenges. 
but there are none that God cannot overcome. Have you faced a challenge and surrendered to God that he did not overcome it? Has that that ever happened? Not that I can think of. Never, right? Has God always been faithful? Always. Every, my testimony is constantly, he's always faithful. So in John 16, 33, Jesus says, fear not, for I have overcome the world. So if he has overcome everything, we too can overcome as well. Our prayers enable us to communicate with God, allowing him to be aware of our needs. The difference here is the relationship. Even though the Bible says in Philippians 4.19, he knows our needs before we ask. So God knows and God's grace comes sometimes. We might not have that great relationship with him, but he might just bless us just because, because he's trying to get your attention. He's saying, hey, I'm here. I haven't left you. Hmm. I'm still, I'm still loving you. I know that you haven't talked to me, but I still, I'm still pursuing you. I'm still here. But when we have that relationship with him, when we're in constant communion with him, then we know what his thoughts are and he knows what our thoughts are. And it's a, it's a beautiful, beautiful, loving relationship that uh, you, you know, and that's the other thing is that Bob, you do have some power. So you have uh, influence, you, you know, people, you can network. Um, There's certain things, you might know a mechanic, you might know a good chiropractor, you might know a real estate agent or a broker or whatever it is. You have influence, you have connection and you can help me, but you don't have all connections, right? You don't have all authority. And so I can come to you as a good friend and you can help me at a certain point, but you can't help me in everything. And the other thing about it, Bob, is our relationship is, yeah, you might wake up in the middle of the night at 3 a.m. if I really needed help to, to help me or so forth, but you're still limited even in that. But Jesus is not limited in anything. Amen. He has all authority, all power over everything, and he can constantly be there and help us in whatever it is. Just got to pray for him. Just got to be in his, in his presence. There it is. Awesome. Yeah. 24 7, 365. I love yeah. it. Jesus closes this part of his message by reminding them and us of the most important commandment of all to love one another. There are dozens of one another statements in the New Testament. So many. But all of them are summarized in this love one another. I mean, I, I went through in my, my trials, I mean, especially when I've, been, when I've been reborn again and again. And I remember, you know, I've shared my story on air a few times in 2008, and there was a major hurricane or earthquake in my life that disrupted it. But one of the things I realized is I didn't have love. I was, I was, I was a victim. I was, I was mad. I was angry. Um, And God had to work in me his love. And and, and, and until I spent time in his presence, Hmm. until I just quieted everything around me in my life and just said, God, I just, I just want to know you that moment is when God started showing me that supernatural love. And, and I was, you know, Romans 12 tells us that we are transformed by the renewal of mind. As I was renewing my mind and I was meditating on God's truth and I was meditating on his word, that supernatural love started changing me. It started transforming me. It started making my words more gentler. It started to help me see people in a different light. I started caring for people. I started loving them. And it wasn't that I loved them. It was that I wanted to share with them the same love that I had from Jesus. And that love so changed me. And I saw them in pain. I was like, man, you can have this love too. And I naturally loved them. And I started looking past sins. 
I started looking past people hurting me. I started looking past all of that because all I can see was they were in pain. They were hurting. And I just wanted to love them and help them walk closer with the Lord. And so my relationships now and, and the people that I disciple or the people that I hang out with, it's, it's, it's always centered. It's not me trying to help them. It's me trying to help remove roadblocks that are hurting them from knowing Jesus more. And so that's kind of what I do. And that's the love that I have. And I love them. And I want to do that because Jesus did that for me. And someone else did that for me. Actually, George Miller, if anybody knows him, he did that for me. He helped remove roadblocks that were in my way. And he helped point me back to Jesus. And so that's what we're here to do. We need to love one another. And we need to do it in context of what God wants. All right. That's really good, Pete. And that kind of kind of wraps up uh, you know, the show today. But I want to kind of talk about what's coming up. So in our next show, or you know, very near future, yeah. as we continue through our journey through the book of John, which you said was going to take like three weeks, and I said three years, <laughs> we will begin reading John 15, 18. Yeah. As a result of our unpacking as a fruit-bearing child of God, we will encounter the hatred of a lost world on a battlefield. Do you want to give us a brief to kind yeah. of overview or yeah. description of what, what yeah. we're about to head into? Yeah, and this is like, you know, we don't... we. We love to talk about the love part. We don't like to talk about the hate part. Right. And, um, you know, you know, we've done a show called, you know, dealing with victimization or something. We talked about there's hate. There's a lot of hate in this world. There's, you know, Satan is obviously trying to destroy us. And if he can, he can hurt us or get us out of the game, or if he can destroy any aspect of our life, our marriage or relationships, He's going to do it. If he can make us think about ourselves more than God, he wins. If he can um, anything to, he just hates us, right? And Kill, so, steal, and destroy. He just, he just hates us, period. And so if we are walking faithfully as a friend of God, I mean, I, sh I would hope that it's common sense that there's an opposition, mm -hmm. you know? Ephesians 6 very much tells us that, you know, we're not battling against flesh and blood. There's a supernatural power. There's a darkness out there. There's an enemy at work and, and he knows our weakness and, and he's out to get us. And so Jesus, again, this is the last part of his ministry here on earth. He's getting ready to die and he's sharing with his disciples here. This is very important. As they have hated me, they're going to hate you too, you know, and, it, and he's no apologies at all. It's, it's in our, it's in our weakness that we are made strong. And so, and Paul taught us that, and we're going to kind of get into that and that's what's, what's coming. And I can't wait to unpack that, but man, what a great show, right? Talking about being a friend of God, you know, and I was just thinking if you're listening to this and, and maybe you're not a friend, maybe you've heard all of our shows and, and, and today's the show that you're saying, you know what? I, I think I need to have a better relationship with the Lord today. Well, you can. I mean, and the Bible is telling us that all we have to do is repent of our sins. We just have to turn from our, our path. You know, at the beginning of the show, we talked about uh, a revival. Maybe you're asking God for revival in your heart. It starts with you. You know, revival isn't this mass movement. Revival is one person changed and repenting of their sins before the Lord, and it just naturally starts moving to other people. And, and that's what happens. It's a ripple effect. It's like, it starts like a small little stone and all of a sudden it just, all these people are affected by the fruit that God is doing in their lives and they're transformed. So you can be transformed today. All you have to do is just cry out in your heart, say, God, forgive me of my sins. I repent 
If you don't know Jesus, just say, God, I pray that you come into my life, that you would, you would make your home with me, that I you know, believe that he had died on the cross and he rose again on the third day. Believe that he rose again and that he's the, the author and finisher of your faith and that he's the, the beginning of the end. And, and then the next step is, is just confess. Say, God, I confess that, that, I have a, that I have been a sinner and that I've done things the wrong way. And I confess that your way is true. I confess that um, you are light in darkness, and I confess that in you, all things work together for my good, because I'm called according to your purpose. And Lord, um, today, I want to be close friends with you. And if that was your prayer, and that that's your heart, God says that you are, you are saved. The Bible says that um, because you believed in him, and because you, um, you're, gonna, you're chosen to follow him, you're chosen to um, to surrender your life so that you can be obedient and be in his, in his inner circle, that all of these benefits that we talked about today are yours. And, and the Bible says that the, all the angels in heaven are rejoicing with you. You know, they're having a party in your name. And uh, what an exciting thing that is, you know, just to think about. So I, we would love to hear about it. If you did give your life to the Lord or, or you repented of your sin, I would highly suggest you reach out to us, but not just to us. Go tell a friend, yeah. go tell a, your mom and dad, your brother and sister, your husband, your wife, your, your aunt, your uncle, your best friend, tell them what the decision that you just made and, and, and share with them, you know, and we would love to help get you started. So get in contact with us. And we, if you need a church, we can help find a church. If you need discipleship or different things, we can help set you up. Bob, how could they do that? Oh, that's great, Pete. Yeah, friend, we would just love for you to just jump onto our website. We have so many resources and question answers to your questions there. It's just the riotpodcast.com. And uh, we just reach out to us. We have all of our contact information there. And then for everybody, I would encourage you to go to our social media sites, go to Facebook and Twitter and Instagram, check out the Riot Podcast. Make sure you like, subscribe, and share. And uh, those of you that are listening to us, I would encourage you to check out YouTube. So go to the Riot Podcast on YouTube. You can, all of these podcasts are there in video form as well. And you can watch us go through them and uh, just a different way to kind of experience the Riot Podcast. And speaking of experiencing the Riot Podcast, we have an amazing trip scheduled for June of 2024 that you do not want to miss. I mean, you're talking serious FOMO if you don't get in on this. So we're having an organizational meeting, kind of an informational meeting and answer all your questions, March 19th, 2023. Um, so about a month away from now, and it's going to be a Zoom call. We'll answer all your questions and uh, just sign up for that on our website. There's a link there. And then we'll send you the Zoom uh, ID so you can join us. And even if you don't think you want to go, you just want to get some more information so you can tell a friend maybe. Jump onto the meeting and uh, get all that information. But Pete, people don't want to miss this trip. This <laughs> no. is going to be amazing. So, I think so. It's yeah. going to be anointed by God. And if you listen to this after March 19, 2023, you could still get on. You go to the <laughs> right, right podcast. I mean, we're accepting reservations all the way up until we're I think, full. Probably till yeah, we're full. Probably <laughs> we're December full. of 2023. <laughs> 
anyway, and if you're listening to this and it's like past 2024 or 2025, sure. because, our, you know, the longevity of it, we have other ones that we will be doing. Um, Bob and I always talk about where can we do the right podcast or where can we take it on the show on the road? So we'll have other opportunities. Well, may the Lord bless you guys. May he keep you. May his face shine upon you. Have a great week walking closely and intimately with Jesus. Awesome, guys. Have an amazing week. Remember, Jesus is your friend. Amen. This has been The Riot Podcast. If you liked what you heard today, please feel free to leave a comment and share it with your friends. See you back here next week for another episode of The Riot Podcast.